son. Where'd you find this? You are now listening to Podcast 42, the world's most popular, inaccurate, and sometimes squirreled retelling of pop culture history. Really good. You know what other one is really good? Chroma, which is in um, Lake Nona. Nona has some great restaurants. Mm-hmm. Like Nona Blue. Okay. I was like, you're, you're just... talking about people. I don't think you would start. Uh-uh. You're talking no, about people. no, that would be bad. <laughs> What? Nothing. Okay. Okay. Well, you can save it for now because it's time for <laughs> Podcast 42. I'm Christopher DeVos. I'm Nicole Fassone. I'm back. It's JL Tros. I'm concerned that you got all the gossip about people. No, nope, we I didn't. Oh, then I'm Froz. Hey. That- <laughs> all right. So when you listen to this episode, you'll get a weird pause. That's because the computer did its crashy crash thing. Of course. Can't count on technology for anything. It's Maybe- been a while. It's been a while, so we're sort of due. It has been a while, and I noticed it right away, which is great, because normally we record for 30 minutes of pure comedy gold, and then lose lose it it all. all. (laughs) Ha jinx. Nicole says that we have decent reviews on the iTunes store. (gasps) We do. Mm -hmm. There are two. No, there were like six. There are like six reviews. Five if you don't count Chris's, but one of them was... (laughs) Did you really write one? Yeah, of course. Wow. (laughs) But he says I'm on the show, so I'm biased. So that's the funny part about it. Why not? It helps. It does. All help. reviews help. Exactly. Here, I let's know see what, what I'm our doing tonight. <laughs> well, before we all write reviews for our own show. No, I just want to read this one, which is really okay, funny. Re- read it, and then oh, we're going to open the no, beer cooler. No, no, I know which one you're going to read. Well, no. there are two. Before you do, can I have the pumpkin again? No, this one's mine. But you need to try the other beers first. No, but that doesn't mean you can have the pumpkin. I was Fuck. really excited for the pumpkin. Okay, reviews. I like the one uh, they were <laughs> talking sick. about our uh, drinking games episode, and it says, the last line, it says, is the girl the smart one? She sounds sober. <laughs> That was funny. That was the funny one? That was the funny one. And then this, uh, there's another one from recently saying, these guys are really creative format and their topics are freaking hilarious. We needed a Degrassi episode. It's been too long. So they wanted a Degrassi episode. Mm-hmm. I gave the people what they wanted. I can't believe you wrote two reviews. I did not write those reviews. I was so shocked when I heard these. You heard them? So wait a minute. Like there was a voice speaking out to you? just... You know what? Just Alexa, stop. can you read podcast for you know, reviews? What might be the polite thing to do is to tell who wrote those reviews, give them a shout out. Oh, I just closed it out, but it's Ugh. all like usernames. All right, well, let's open up the Beal Curler while you're uh, while you're looking up those yeah. names. JL Beer Cooler. It's cooler than you think. JL Beer Cooler. It's cooler than you drink. It's cooler than you drink. Yeah. Hey, this looks interesting. Yeah. Because it's from Left Hand Brewing Company, Death Before Disco Porter. What did you bring from Left Hand before? I did. Really? I thought that Gary sounds familiar. Okay. It, it does sound familiar. If I did, I don't remember what it is. We'd have to that up. 
There have been a lot. Well, I do like the label. I give it a four. Mm-hmm. Yes. A left hand. Woo! <laughs> That's powerful stuff. It's, Chris will not be not finishing this. Roasted <laughs> oh. malts with a classic rich chocolate malt and dark berry notes. I like it. It uh, it punched me in the face. Just like Disco did when you were a kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, those reviews were from NKULISO. I don't know. And URSS Graph. All right, very good. Oh, I agree with Chris. It hits you right in the back. You know, it's... A lot of chocolate and malt. It's yeah. it's sitting inside my nostrils. There's a dry roast in there. Right? right We're not away. talking about that tonight, are we? What do you mean? Sitting the inside... The stuff that's in your nostril? Boogers? Boogers? Oh. Because that's all that's in my <laughs> nostrils. Because that would blow. Before you, <laughs> before you leak... <laughs> All over the internet, which goes all over the world, that I do some sort of nose candy, which I don't. <laughs> no, we this, kid, we kid, we kid. This beer entered my mouth and then went up, and it's now resting inside my nostrils. So you tasted it, but you time. Interesting. I don't know. It just it didn't go down my throat. It went the other way. I don't know what's going on with this beer. I think we should write labels for beers from now on. That was beautiful. That that it'll it'll sit in your nostrils. Yeah, and then supposedly someone who's your friend will tell the entire internet that <laughs> you do cocaine. Supposedly, because he's Doctor Alleg- Allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> so when I go to work next, if they fire me, no, he does not. Uh, do you're going to support like me and my entire family. In rehab. Of course, if they did a random drug test, they're going to find nothing unless I eat a poppy seed muffin. Do that. Like Seinfeld. Like the oh, mom recently. What mom recently? There was a mom who was like giving birth to her daughter, but she had a poppy seed bagel in the morning and they like tested her and she came up positive for opioids. I don't believe that. They don't drug test a mom before she goes into labor, do they? They might have to take blood samples and stuff to make sure that nothing will be giving her. You think after four kids I would remember what they did in labor? Well, they weren't drug testing you. They were drug <laughs> testing the mother. That's Which true. Which why he doesn't remember. <laughs> That's true. I may have been going to the vending machine for sandwiches during the drug testing, so. Me the uh, pep talk of like, you know, about... Really? They told you that? Yeah, they put a little chair right by where, you know, she's laying and said, you sit here at her face. We'll oh. bring the baby to you. I didn't even know Tara had a C-section, so yeah. that's this is all news. Live from Podcast 42. Yes, and now <laughs> the entire internet knows that Tara had a C-section, and I supposedly do nose candy. Allegedly. 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 <laughs> so anyway... <laughs> <laughs> Frost picked the topic tonight, and I was so happy when you said... So happy. Yes, that when you said, I'm going to do Lord of the Rings. Because normally when you come up with topics, and you can, you can do whatever you want. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying this at all. But it'll be like, I want to do the currency that they used in Dune and how it relates... Spice. It's called Spice. ...to the economic structure <laughs> of Indonesia today. 
It relates to the economic structure of the world today. Did I it's miss that came episode? around the 1960s. <laughs> That's a show topic he pitches. It came around the 1960s. <laughs> it was relevant to the economic situation in the United States and the global econ- economic system. See, he has the script half written in his head. You think I'm making this up, but I'm and not. And it's still applicable to today's world view of economics. So then he goes, eh. Let's do Lord of the Rings. And I'm like, yes, that's great. Let's do Lord of the Rings. Something everybody knows. Where the currency is gold coins and magical items. And what country do they relate to to, in today's world? In today's world? Yeah. New Zealand? Or is that just where it's filmed? Um, I guess the Shire would be Canada. Why would would the Shire be Canada? Because it's tranquil, peaceful. Switzerland. Barefoot. Yep. Yeah. So we're Switzerland, New Zealand, Norway. I mean, like, sort of. New Zealand's the obvious choice. Yeah. I didn't want to go with New Zealand, but Nicole mm-hmm. mentioned it. So I just know that's where it was filmed, right? Plus, we all know that Canadians have hairy feet. It is true. That is why Faraz always wears socks. Actually, no, I shave my feet so you don't. Look. You see how smooth that is? I'm not going to look at your feet. And veiny. No, we don't want to look at your veiny feet. Instead, it's let's do the pop quiz. It's pop quiz times. Get out your pencils and your papers and your pens and your magic markers and your highlighters. I was going to do research for this kill. So Research for Lord of the Rings? Yeah, so I only made it through like that's a fellowship of the ring. Oh, God. <laughs> Nicole barely made it through like the intro of like the title. Well, you still have 26 hours to go of movie watching. I'm you want to come over and watch The Hobbit? I have the extended editions. Oh, The oh. Hobbit. No good. Yeah. This pop quiz is called Dancing Trees Are Always Entertaining or The Arcade Games in Middle-Earth Only Take Tolkens. Thank you. Thank you very much. Except I don't think that's how you say But you're pronouncing his name wrong. There Remember, I corrected you on the pronunciation. All right, how do you say it? Tolkien. It even Tolkien. says it right there in the script. Tolkien. The yeah, ar- common mispronunciation. Like more. It's Tolkien. <laughs> the Arcade Games in Middle-Earth Only Take Tolkien's. Is that right? Tolkien's. I think it misses some of the booms that it had before. <laughs> Tolkien's. Tolkien's. Am I getting? Am I close? Yeah, but your joke now seems. Yeah, thanks for ruining it, for us. A lackluster. <sighs> this is five general knowledge facts on Lord of the Rings in order of the easiest to the hardest to test your knowledge score. One point for each correct answer. Question one: Who wrote Lord of the Rings? Like. Do you want it all spelled out? No, just the what everybody knows. <sighs> Jesus Christ. The name that no, people I'm, are most I'm, familiar I'm gonna with. I'm going to write it all out. I think I'm going to do it. I'm going to do... I can't say that middle name, though. That's that's a crazy name. I had... That's that's. You're giving away hints that he has a middle name. Maybe not everybody knows. I know. All authors have middle names. But they don't always say... Right, What's Stephen King's several, middle name? They just... Oh, Stephen. you're... It's Stephen oh, Stephen King? Yeah. No. Oh. Nah. Or is Steven his middle name? He's got a first name we don't Why know. Why not? Billy Idol's guitar player is Steve Stevens. Huh. Hmm. Huh. Two first names. Huh. That sounds very convincing. <laughs> Question two. Golem wasn't always Golem. He was a hobbit of the river folk. What was his name? The river folk? Yes. What was his name before his name was Golem? As opposed to the Shire folk. Yeah. Stephen Edwin King. 
is his name. No. Edwin. That sounds Edwin. appropriate. Gollum's name was not Stephen Edward that, No, King. that's right. It wasn't. But Stephen King's middle name is Edwin. Oh, okay. All authors have middle names. Uh, uh, Stephen King just doesn't advertise his, but many authors put the initial there because it adds a certain elegance. I don't think no, all authors have middle names. Like I feel like this J.K. Rowling. <laughs> George R.R. R. Martin. Question number three. Bilbo shares his birthday with another hobbit. Who is it? Ah, uh, damn. We should have kept watching the intro to Fellowship. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably going to say this next one wrong. You can correct me. All authors have middle names. What are they? <laughs> no. What are they? Like, I'd have to write down every author's... Yeah. I, that's a lot of authors, though. Are you... Can you hey. narrow it down to a specific genre? Go. In the Battle of Pelennor. Is that right? Pelennor sure. yeah, Fields. Okay. In the Battle of right. Pelennor Fields, which hobbit stabs the witch king with a special enchanted blade? The Battle of P-E-L-E-N-N-O-R Fields. It's right next to Strawberry Fields. Forever? Those go on forever. <laughs> and question number five. Bilbo Baggins writes a book about his adventures. What is the last line? Oh, fuck. That is not the last line. And there's the E. <laughs> oh, yeah, he said it before. Yes, I know, but it was very faint. We could have Oh, it. that's a famous line, too. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you beating the table sounds really good over uh, the mic, just so you know. All right. I'm glad I won't be the only one not getting all the answers. Pins down. Question number one. Who wrote Lord of the Rings? Nicole. J.R.R. Tolkien. 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 Faraz. John Ronald Ruel Tolkien. <laughs> J.L. Peter Jackson. <laughs> no, it's Tolkien. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, J.R.R. Token. Question number two. Gollum wasn't always Gollum. He was a hobbit of the river folk. What was his name, Faraz? Smeagol. Nicole? Smeagol. J.L.? Smeagol. Very good. that one. Points wow. all the way around. Bilbo shares his birthday with another, another hobbit. Who is it, J.L.? Pippin. Nicole? Sam. Uh, Faraz? I almost gave away the answer. <laughs> Some lady hobbit. No, it was Frodo. <laughs> I had Frodo oh, first. Shit, really? But I almost what? looked at you and what said Frodo. Like? <laughs> that would have been a Freudian slip. Oh, no. A Frodo and Frodo slip. didn't even look like he was celebrating there. In the battle of Pelennor Fields, which yeah. hobbit stabs the witch king with a special enchanted blade? Well, now I know that this answer is Faraz. Mary. JL. Mary. Nicole. I said Frodo. Frodo is... I only know two Hobbit names. Incorrect. That's fine. Yeah, what's, Sam what about and Frodo. Sa- okay. <laughs> and Bilbo, I guess. So three. Three. Well, she knew Smeagol. It and did. He's technically, I mean... Yeah. No. And Bilbo Baggins writes a book about his adventures. What is the last line? JL. It was the greatest adventure. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't say the end. <laughs> I was very tempted to write the end. I thought about it, but yeah. Nicole. And so it begins. And so it begins. That could be a good ending. No, that's a terrible ending. Why? It's a cliffhanger. Oh my gosh. That's Faraz. Into the West? Into the West? He's not a cowboy. Into well, the woods. They did like the yeah, whole segment was them go parting ways so that they could travel to the West. Okay. 
And then the whole Howard Shore track was titled Into the West. But the actual line is, and he lived happily ever after till the end of his days. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you agree. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I got two. Yeah. I almost happily had three, ever after. But I, yeah, I knew it was mm-hmm. a classic line. Yeah. I thought those were hard questions, except for the first one. They're, the first ones are suppressively harder. Yeah. I know, especially when I have the answer right in front of me on the script. Yeah, that's true. Some of them were in there. But let's get into it. Faraz, you're starting us off. I don't think any of them were in there except for the first one. No? In the script, no. I think the um, quiz there was very original. Very difficult, Chris. Oh, very thank difficult. You. Thank you. Well, your script, your script tends to be um, very skewed towards your opinion, opinion, as opposed to factual. In a lot of places, right now, like currently, like this, what do you mean? This right current now? script in, <laughs> this in my hand. This episode's going to be you as talking long about as in general. Rings. In general, and right now. Right. I try to give Canadian Jackson a narrative that one cannot <laughs> find just by looking things up on Wikipedia. Yes, that's good. A nice twist. Quit giving away your secrets. Ahem. <laughs> <clears throat> oh this is a story all about how <laughs> Britain's best love will turn my world <clears throat> upside down. <laughs> With his hairy feet and his long cloak. Go ahead. Britain's best love novel of all time. Germany and Australia's favorite book, Amazon's Book of the Millennium, successor in literary achievement to John Milton's Paradise Lost. You know, all of your scripts also start out this way, with like 90 different adjectives for our topic. And accomplishments of the subject Oh, I thought that's how we're supposed to start off every script. Is it? I didn't know that. Winner of an almost unheard of 11 Oscars in a single night. The equivalent to fantasy that Frank Herbert's Dune later became to science fiction. I had a question about that. Do they do Oscars in more than one night? Yes. Do they? Yes. Like. Okay, like the technical stuff? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did not know that. Well, you must have because you wrote that he got 11 Oscars Look, in a I single night. I put down night. what I found in my research. Okay. And then I, you know, added it into where it fit into the narrative I was okay. trying to paint. All right, paint away. The equivalent to fantasy that Frank Herbert's Dune later became to science fiction. We're speaking of none other than Tolkien's <laughs> sprawling fantasy, <laughs> The Lord of the Rings. I don't know if I'm going to be able to say Tolkien. 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 You know, Sounds like when I was doing the research Tolkien. for this in uh, Tolkien's Tolkien, background, Tolkien. yeah, as he served in World War One, and there were notes from his uh, commanding officer that had um, the word Keen written beside his name, and it was speculated that this oh. was actually in direct reference to how you pronounce his name. Sorry, I took a drink. So, like, people would know how to say his name. Okay. Because <clears throat> everyone would say it Tolkien. Like, Tolkien. So they were mispronouncing it. <sighs> what? You Why a heavy you sigh? I got yes, that's right. I did. Paragraph. You're only on the second paragraph. <laughs> We're 45 minutes into this show. Seriously, Peter Jackson edits better than this. <laughs> One paragraph. There's a phrase in the literary world, Tolkien-esque. Tolkien. Well, I guess if it's commonly, it should be called Tolkien-esque or Tolkienian because it's mispronounced, and therefore that's what the phrase is. Okay. So those popular phrases are often referencing works of epic proportions, 
Another popular saying in the world of writers is that all English epics come from Beowulf. And naturally, the more contemporary Beowulf. version... What? It's pronounced Beowulf. All right. That, that might be fair. But I don't know. Okay. Tolkien! <clears throat> <laughs> and naturally, the more contemporary version of that same adage, all modern epics come from the Lord of the Rings. Indeed, John Ronald Reuel... Tolkien's legendary trilogy has proven itself. Raoul. No, listen, I had Google pronounce this for me and it was very difficult. Raoul. Raoul. So we all know what his initials stand for. But it's a struggle, though. Raoul is. It's not Raoul. It's it's Google pronounced it. Reuel. Reuel. But Reuel. Google isn't always correct. It's Raoul. What do you mean Google isn't always correct? Especially when you're doing the voice thing. It's not always correct. When Google is paying for my education, it's always correct. Okay. You've been going to school for 12 years. So, <laughs> John Ronald Raul. Tolkien. Tolkien's legendary trilogy has proven itself against the test of time and the fickle interests of peoples. It's a safe assumption that if you're listening to this show, you more than likely have read or seen or at the very least heard of The Lord of the Rings. If nothing else, you have undoubtedly come across works inspired by the foundation left by these books, such as Dungeons and Dragons, Warcraft, Dragon Age, Sword of Shannara, Warhammer, Harry Potter, Star Wars, <gasps> A Song of Ice and Fire, slash Game of Thrones, as it's now popularly known by, The Wheel of Time, and The Dark Tower, just to name a few. Well, I want to dispute this because Nicole is listening to the show and I bet she only recognizes two of those things. Yeah, but it says that you come across works inspired by these. I recognize more of them. Which the ones Wheel do you recognize? Phenomenal. I recognize Dungeons and Dragons, Warcraft, Harry Potter, Star Wars, and Game of Thrones. Nicole used to play World of Warcraft. I did. Okay. We I, talked about this. Remember? I, I had stand. Blair. She was the undead oh, yeah. warlock. Blair Witch. Yeah. yeah Sword of Shannara <laughs> is a big one with Terry yeah, Brooks. You know, you can watch it on MTV. Yeah, that, it was weird that they did that. An MTV fantasy series based I, on that. I stand corrected. Yeah, you do. As often I do with women who put me in my place a lot. Yeah, we do. Is that why you always look so sad? I don't always look so sad. <laughs> I look tired. I look even tireder when you come around. See, I wasn't tireder? sure if yeah. I was the reason for the sadness, but now I'm starting to think that it's not me, but the opposite gender. Women yeah. make me sad? Yeah. No, I like women. I, yeah, I'm sure you do. Some of us are pleasant. Some of them are pleasant, and they smell good. But let's go ahead and pretend that. I smell that. good. Yes, you do. Thank you. Let's go ahead and pretend that. For what, stop sniffing yourself. For whatever reason, you don't know what we're talking about. That's well. <laughs> it literally says it in the script. It does. Well, The Lord of the Rings was written by J.R.R. Tolkien. <laughs> Clearly, I wrote this with Nicole in mind. As a sequel to his 1937 breakout novel, The Hobbit, which remains in print to this day. He began writing The Lord of the Rings, named after the tale's antagonist, the Dark Lord Sauron. 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 That was the uh, X-Men character, right? Yes. Sauron. It's Sauron, right? That's what they said in the movie, right? Sauron. Sauron. Immediately Sauron. after publishing The Hobbit at age 45. 
He would not, however, complete the project until 1949 at age 57, 12 years after he put his first ink to paper. You can... You can see already where a song of ice and fires George R.R. R. Martin borrowed from J.R.R. R. Tokens. <laughs> really? Really? Still waiting for a proper sequel to Dance of Dragons, Martin. It's been seven years. We don't need seven it. Seven years. We don't need it. What do you mean we don't need it? Because of HBO? Yeah. All right, but like... And Zombie Dragon. Book. Zombie Dragon. Yeah, HBO's Spoilers. doing a way better job with his material you right now. You haven't gotten up to that part? No. Okay, I'm H- just saying Zombie Dragon. I'm not ruining anything else. HBO's just doing a way better job with his material because they it are. takes him seven years between books. That's because seven years. it's hard to write with one hand. <gasps> he has one hand? Bum, bum, bum. Well, no, he's got two hands, but one's holding a chicken wing. As previously mentioned, <laughs> this story was supposed to... I was going to ask if it was from diabetes now. No. It's like, he's not a healthy-looking guy. No, he's wow. not. This story was supposed to be another foray. I'm going to get more letters. Uh, another foray into we just the lost Wilford Brimley. I know. Into the Hobbits and their adventures, as was requested by his publishers George Allen and Unwin. The new story was intended to revolve around Bilbo Baggins, the Hobbit protagonist of the Hobbit novel, having burned through all of his previously acquired treasures and deciding that another expedition was needed to acquire more treasures. More. Treasure. Why didn't he just go to Ikea? Um, in the Shire? Yeah. No, that's a whole different country. Okay, well, he could the travel. The Shire's England. Ikea's what? Where, what, Switz? Switzerland? Yeah, well, they yeah. walked a long time. They walked three movies Sweden. worth. And Bilbo Ikea's didn't. Sweden. Well, I guess Bilbo did walk. Yeah, he walked a long time, too. Sweden, uh The writing process was interrupted by Tolkien's job in academics and eventually by World War II. He previously served in World War I where he came down with trench fever and had to be removed from the front. While serving in South Africa, Tolkien would occasionally send chapters he was working on to his son, Christopher. I put Christopher instead of Chris. But does he go by Chris? I don't know. You know what? I just put the full name. I don't want to deal with any more of your criticisms about shorthand names. Uh, there was no criticism, but Christopher Nolan is everywhere is Christopher Nolan, not Chris Nolan. I'm just saying. What if he goes by Chris? I call him Chris, so... We're referencing our Batman episode. I think people know that, don't they? No. How come Nicole only gets one paragraph and the rest like four? She divided it. <laughs> the, script is written for her, <laughs> the script is written for her benefit, so she's going to sit back and just listen. Your turn, Optimus Primetime. Yes. Though this sequel was supposed to be a fun adventure, Tolkien's experiences in World War I, where he lost all but one of his closest friends, began to influence his work, adding a grim nuance to the new piece. I don't want to nitpick, but it's Tolkien. You got to do the keen. <laughs> well, you wouldn't say keen with a different inflection. You would just say keen, so it's Tolkien. 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 That's how you say it. Tolkien. <laughs> Tolkien. 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 That's what I'm saying. No, you're not. <laughs> he can't put the inflection wherever he wants, technically. Tolkien. He's still saying the letters, the vowels correctly. That's right. All vowels are in there. He's putting the but right if he didn't go by right that syllable. inflection, <laughs> then you're doing it wrong, right? How do you know he didn't go by that inflection? Because it was written in very many sources that he went by Tolkien. Right. That's what I'm saying. Tolkien. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Right. Keep going because he's looking example, at me. For <laughs> example, World War One saw the invention of the tank, the machine gun, and the flamethrower. It is thought that the giant elephant elephants, is that it? Yeah. Sure. Who were described as gray-clad moving hills, just like the tank. That is not a complete sentence. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> Oh, that is God. not a complete sentence. I think we're missing a few words there. Yeah, no. we are. Don't look at me. Chris added in this. This got grim. The giant elephants were described as... Who were described as... as gray-clad gray moving hills, just like the tank was. It's just missing the word was. Yeah, just like the tank was. Yes. Or you could take out who and say who? elephant elephants were described as gray-clad moving hills, just like the tank. All right, next sentence. Was. <laughs> The battlefields were often covered in mist and fumes that would obscure cavalry riders, but not necessarily their horses. Was. When speaking or yelling through gas masks, it would distort it would distort speech to nothing more than hissing and sniffling. Was. Tolkien's ring wraiths wraiths yes. were yes. shrouded in big black cloaks and would hiss at people. They also sniffed the air while looking for the ring. Just like Chris is right now. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone. Uh. Their cries also match the sound of artillery shells flying through the air before exploding. Pass me that plastic straw, which is illegal. <laughs> I'm missing a pen cap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Samwise Gamgee. Was uh. Gamgee? Gamgee. Gamgee. Was based on common soldiers that Tolkien had known during the war. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> These men kept their courage and stayed cheerful, even though there are not really there was not really any hope at all. I actually enjoy that you put all that World War One stuff in there because yeah. that's what heavily influenced Lord of the Rings for Tolkien. That's what I read. Now, <laughs> the story is a mashup of. Fantastical elements from an assortment of cultures and fairies, ranging from Beowulf and Arthurian Celtic and Norse mythology, all painted atop an idyllic, but much like in Tolkien's real world, like <laughs> now uh, thing, Milu. Yeah, sure that. Gradually becomes enshrouded by the bleak omen of doom and blood. Dark. We were just talking about World War One. It was already dark. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The story was refocused to revolve around the One Ring, an item of apparently no consequence that Bilbo happened upon in his original adventure. I didn't even think they had VCRs back then. I have a question. Speaking of VCRs, uh-huh. like, is it appropriate to say before you die you see the ring when it comes to this movie? What do you mean? Like, the ring? <laughs> The scary movie, The Ring. Right, that's what the I was whole referencing. The is, before you die you see the ring. Uh-huh. Yeah. Making sure. Okay. What? I don't know. I thought you didn't get my joke, and then you took it further, so I'm kind of in shock. <laughs> you have seven days to die. <laughs> the One Ring, the Ring of Power, had come into the hands of Bilbo's young nephew, Frodo, who, along with his friends, Merry, Pippin, and Samwise, embark on a quest under the guidance of the wizard Gandalf. All manner of monstrous creatures prowl the sprawling landscape in a relentless search for Frodo. Frodo is not only joined by fellow hobbits, 
but by the races of man, elf, and dwarf. Together, they form a fellowship intent on not only keeping the ring, but to destroy it in the Lake of Fire, dwelling inside of Mount Doom. Alas, this is no easy trek. The fellowship must evade brutal trolls, savage orcs, fearsome orakai, corrupt wizard, and the nightmare. All as they journey across to reach the hellish realm of Mordor, which they simply cannot walk into. The land from which darks... Mostly because Orlando Bloom shows his bloopy throughout the movie. Orlando Bloom just shoots one arrow the entire time repeatedly. <laughs> the one? His, his bloopy arrow? His bloopy arrow. His bloopy arrow. Nice. Bloopy arrow? Yeah. Yeah, that was part of the movie you didn't watch. Yes, that's the extended, extended version. Yeah, yeah, he extends it in the extended edition. Yeah, what, he does. What, what goes on? I don't understand. Oh. The bloopy? You'll have to go back and listen to a previous episode. The podcast forty two. Orlando Bloom's Bloopy. Yes. Wait, what I don't understand the Have you ever gone paddle boarding? No. Orlando Bloom has. Yes. Yeah, he and has. And he doesn't use a paddle. No. What does he use? He uses a bloopy. An appendage. Yep. It's like a kickstand. What's the appendage? <laughs> his bloopy. What's his, his bloopy? bloopy? Something you haven't used in a while, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> He's used it. We don't need Heinekel's mom, my gosh. <laughs> What's this bloopy? Anyway, I, so you'll have to go back and listen to the episode. It's still actually available, I believe. Can I just Google it? Sure. I can just Google what's yeah, Orlando well, Bloom's bloopy. Read, yeah. so. I think you should probably read your next part, though. Yes. <clears throat> Come on, Faraz's bloopy. <laughs> though sometimes found as a single edition, the story is typically divided into three separate volumes. The Fellowship of the Ring, The Two Towers, and... The Return of the King, all of which are collectively known as the Lord of the Rings trilogy. What do you mean the story is typically divided into three volumes? There's three separate books usually, well, you or said, you could buy... You said typically. Yeah, because there's the compilation edition, which is one book, oh, with them all massive. in there. Okay. Yeah. But it wasn't I'm written sorry, like, wrong. like the one Dark book. Elf trilogy by um, R.A. Salvatore, initial. Yes. <laughs> This, but it wasn't written as this, one book. The uh, Dark right? Elf trilogy was written as... No, not that book. The book we're talking about. Lord of the Rings wasn't written as one book. Correct. It was written but as three books. it's published sometimes as a single compilation. Yes. But yes. this, that, I think that sentence leads you to believe that it, it was meant as one book, but is sometimes divided. So I said though sometimes found as a single edition. Hmm? It's sometimes found... But it's typically divided into three separate volumes. Got it. So I think sometimes found versus typically divided lends the favor of commonality to typically divided. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. Go on. Carry on, Bloopy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Though the story was initially met with mixed reviews, it soon soared with unexpected popularity. The Lord of the Rings had suddenly brought the fantasy genre into the mainstream, a feat Peter Jackson's film adaptation would later replicate for the genre in Hollywood. Modern works inspired by Tolkien's accomplishments have addressed the criticisms faced by The Lord of the Rings at the time of its release. Foremost among those criticisms was Tolkien's polarizing of good and evil, with little to no gray in between the two moral positions. The Lord of the Rings... That's not true. What do you mean? He had 50 shades of it. (laughs) The Lord of the Rings clearly divides the line between good and evil, giving no (laughs) doubt or moral quandary about any character's alignment. 
barring the slight exception of mankind. Star Wars, for Ugh. example, conveys the notion. At least it's not Batman. Star Wars, Weren't for we example, get a jar for this. Conveys the notion <laughs> that the two forces are intricately woven and sometimes flirt dangerously close to one another. A Song of Ice and Fire delineates characters who strive for justice but feel the necessity to achieve good through terrible means. Big words in that paragraph. Yes. Despite these criticisms of the Lord of the Rings being too clear-cut and its definitions of good and evil, the story won Tolkien the International Fantasy Award in 1957. Tolkien! In the United States, thanks to the controversial publishing by Ace Books, who reprinted the story in the U.S. without Tolkien's consent and without paying him royalties. The Lord of the Rings became one of the country's most popular books of all time as it remained at the forefront of the literary world since. Often regarded as one of the most popular works of fiction of the 20th century. I want to dispute that. I actually think it was Hop on Pop was probably at the forefront of the literary world. I said one of... Okay. I don't say. I didn't say as the most. Okay. It's one of because I'm it's, pretty sure it's Hop on Pop. That might be, but I'm saying sources, you know, credit as being one of the four most okay. known books in right. the United States. One, like and what number? Like three? I didn't. It just says. I mean, I can bring up the sources that I used if you okay. like. No, that's okay. I, I'm gonna start printing out a works cited page for you, Chris. <laughs> you seem like you need one. Can you do a PowerPoint presentation after this? I can, and I'll start bringing like. Putting in there like little APA notations. And it'll be available on our Patreon. I just like the fact that he was more concerned with saying that he said it was one of the most as opposed to me saying that Hop on Pop was more popular than Lord of the Rings. Well, I I can't dispute you because I didn't do research (laughs) on that, so I don't know. The Lord of the Rings. (laughs) How am I going to dispute you if I don't know? I don't know. Exactly. Because I would think the Cat in the Hat would be more popular than Hop on Pop. I don't know what or Hop maybe on Pop is, so here. I don't know. It's a Dr. Seuss book. Hop on Pop? Yes. So I don't... I mean, or maybe again, even like, One Fish, Two Fish, Red Fish, Blue Fish would be more popular than That's Hop on Pop. <laughs> the Lord of the Rings is everlasting like Hop on Pop. It reshaped an entire genre and set the groundwork for a multi- multitude of works since. Millions of dollars traveled through the trinkets of culture inspired by Tolkien's epic. The role-playing game Dungeons and Dragons alone had branched out into subseries, including novels, video games, cartoons. The cartoon wasn't that great, no, such it as wasn't. no, not nope. at all. Such as Dragonlance and The Forgotten Realms, which was good. Mm-hmm. From which we get video game triumphs like Planescape's Torment and Baldur's Gate, also very good. Yep. Paving stones in the success of companions, companies, companies like BioWare. Sorry, we were talking Lord of the Rings, so I saw SeaWorld. <laughs> Success of companies like Bioware and Wizards of the Coast. And Bioware, of course, is now known for Knights of the Old Republic mm-hmm. and Mass Effect. But this is where they started, with Dungeons & Dragons games. Mm. Themes conveyed in the Tolkien epic included antitheses, antithesis. Antithesis, as delineated by the elves and the... Uruk-hai. Right? Urukai. Sure, okay. let's, let's go with it. It's fun. Urukai. Urukai. The former are regarded as graceful and elegant, in tune with the world and nature. The latter is corrupted version of the former, brutal and violent, hungry for destruction. 
Another central theme is the folly of lusting for power, exemplified by Smeagol Gollum, and the conflict between industrialization and the natural world, both of which are themes central to Dune and Star Wars. The Lord of the Rings has been adapted to many other media formats, such as video games, radio, and film. Back in 1978... When Nicole was born. (laughs) Yeah, thanks a lot. It was a lot later than that. Ralph Bakshi's cult classic animated adaptation debuted. It was developed with retroscoping live action filming, which is then traced onto animation cells. The film grossed $30 million at the box office against a budget of $4 million. Did you guys ever see that? I I loved it. Yes. Yeah. As a kid, I loved it. The animation was really interesting. The songs are great. (laughs) Then in 2001, director Peter Jackson Jackson left global audiences in awe with the debut of his high-budget adaptation of The Fellowship of the Ring, starring Elijah Wood, Viggo Mortensen, Sean Astin, Sean Bean, he dies, Orlando Bloom, <laughs> and his bloopy. I thought that was going to be a fishbowl fact. <laughs> Sir Ian McKellen, Liv Tyler, Kate Blanchett, Hugo Weaving, and so many more. Jackson's Lord of the Rings trilogy. How did you forget Dominic Monaghan and all that. Come on. And Ugh. Dominic Monaghan. Really? There's so many. Or Billy Boyd. And Billy Boyd. Look, there were a lot of names on there. <laughs> Jack- Doesn't matter. Mary and Pippin are forgotten. <laughs> Jackson's Lord of the Rings trilogy was said to be among the biggest and most ambitious film projects in history, wielding a budget of two hundred and eighty million to, according to some sources, well over three hundred million. The entire trilogy took eight years to film, with all three films shot simultaneously in Jackson's homeland of New Zealand. The trilogy lovingly retells Tolkien's original masterpiece though with some creative liberties for film audiences and additional content featured on the extended edition home releases. Also featured Carl Urban. A lot of additional content. Oh, yeah, I did forget. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, he shows up in Two Towers. He's Aomer. Yeah, he's awesome. Yep. Damn, there's a lot of names. There was a lot. There are so many. I couldn't just list out like 20 people. Although Lord of the Rings doesn't hold a candle to Peter Jackson's Dead Alive movie. That's no, really that's good. No, that's a great movie. Very that's good. That's awesome. It has some great scenes yes, in there. Yes, it does. Just... Killing zombies with a lawnmower. Yes. Perfect. I didn't want to say it because that's my favorite, that's one of my favorite <laughs> scenes. Sorry. Spoiler alert. Accompanied by the beautifully composed music of Howard Shore, as iconic to this trilogy as John Williams whoa, is to Star whoa, Wars. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, right. that's not Howard Shore. That was Howard Jones. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> nice. The project was an overwhelming success. Rings trilogy became the highest-grossing film series in seventeen out of the thirty Academy. Though they waited till the last in one year night. To do it. In one no, night. they won eleven in one night. Yeah, total oh. they won seventeen. Okay, in two nights. So the eleven was Return of the King. I see. Yeah. In one night. In one. Further silencing criticism that modern audiences would not icons such as the Godfather trilogy, the Death Star. Star Wars. <laughs> Seizing the undisputed top spot for worldwide box office revenue, grossing $2.91 billion. You didn't do the pinky. No, <laughs> did not. No one can one see the pinky. Million. <laughs> the final film in the trilogy, The Return of the King also became known for its sudden sweep the 2004 Oscar ceremony where it won can you believe it 11 awards 11 in one night in one what? night whoa and tied the likes of Titanic and Ben-Hur from 
It's also known for brandishing a restroom break. I had to That's pee. Run I had to pee now. so bad. That is so true. Every time <laughs> I thought that movie was going to end, I could get up and go to the bathroom. It came back. That yeah. was the first thing my dad said when we were done, finished watching the movie. He stood up. He's like, why couldn't they end it three scenes ago? I had to pee so bad. It <laughs> added an extra 20 minutes. Yeah. In those three scenes. You just go, I got to pee. Do you know, pee. this is uh, not an ad, but if you don't already have the Run P app, you should have the Run P app because what it does is it tells you when to start the timer. So like right after the first production company's kids usually start the timer and it gives you notifications before every time that you should go to pee. It tells you a little something. But what if I don't have to go pee at that time? Well, yeah. Well, then but you wait. if you... But if you know you have to pee, then it's like, okay, I have 10 minutes left before the next time I can pee. So all I have to do is hold it for 10 minutes. Okay. You can just wear the depends to go to the movie theater. It's you two know. hours. You and then just, it gives you a little yeah. blurb of what you're missing. It would have come in handy for me last time I went okay. to the movies when I saw the soon to be box office classic, The Meg. Because <laughs> I didn't know when to go because soon that movie to be classic. was great. You have to are you, get the run. Are you being out. sarcastic? No, I loved it. I'm going to go she see did it say again. I loved it. Oh, we'll have really? to have, we'll have to have a debate. I hated it. <gasps> oh, bump bump bump. That's another episode. That is another episode. It could be an ongoing series. JL argues with everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I probably could. <laughs> I thought it was going to be fun, and it wasn't. Oh, That's all I'm going to say. How was Rain Wilson? We'll talk about it later. Who's Rain Wilson? The guy from the Office, Dwight. With the sucks. big eyes. He sucks. I don't know. <laughs> Under. <laughs> okay. Revered film critic Roger Ebert commented, Return of the King is such a crowning achievement, such a visionary use of all the tools of special effects, such a pure spectacle that it can be enjoyed even by those who have not seen USA so, Today regarded the trilogy as the most important film in the last 25 years. So wait, so what this is saying is I don't even have to watch the first two. I could just watch Return of the King um, and I'll be fine. Don't listen to Roger Ebert. <clears throat> he also gave two thumbs up to Geely. I Did think- he really? Oh, I did not know that. I think that's somewhat accurate, though. If you were only going to pick one of them, probably Return of the King, you could... For that, yes. But overall, you should watch all three. Yeah, you should watch all three. The only one you couldn't start is Two Towers. You could not start with that one at all. You would be total lost. Ironically, Because the Battle of Helm's Deep is... Yeah. That's it. But you could start with Return of the King. Two Towers is actually my favorite, I think... I know it's really all Helm's Deep and Rohan, whereas the other movies are like actually different locations. But I, I liked uh, Two Towers. I think the movie did a really good job. I hated Two Towers until the extended version. The extended version made it more cohesive because they cut out a lot they shouldn't have. Interestingly, um, I did not like the theatrical release of Fellowship of the Ring, but I really liked the extended release of it because I felt like the exact same way you felt about Two Towers, like Fellowship, yeah. the theatrical cut had too much cut out of it. Yeah, I like the I like that one too. I just thought the Two Towers definitely needed all that extra, where the other two didn't. I, it, it enhanced it. Don't get me wrong; I enjoyed it all, but it yeah. was just. I was. Um, I have to say, I wasn't looking forward to Return of the King's extended edition because I was thinking like that theatrical release alone it was three and a half hours. Yeah, long. like what? Well, how, how? What did they cut out? Six more endings. (laughs) Time Magazine gave the collection of the best movies of the decade. You know what the number one movie was? What? Hop on Pop the movie. No. Uh Uh-huh. It's true. uh. It's three and a half hours of people hopping on Pop. That's right. (laughs) 
Empire Magazine ranked the trilogy as the best film series. Of... Put, down, <laughs> put down your beer. <laughs> come on. Bro. Why are you getting situated just to read a script? Come on, the come popularity on. of Peter Jackson's film adaptation reinvigorated public interest in Tolkien's works. Tolkien. Tolkien. Including, I need JL to say this because I could, never could say it. Including the... Oh, I thought I thought you were familiar with that. Yeah, no, I. Silmarillion. The Silmarillion. Silmarillion. It's pronounced Silmarillion. No, you're missing out like two L's right there. (laughs) Silmarillion. Yes, I think Nicole actually got it there. It's a complication. A complication. (laughs) (laughs) It is a complication. (laughs) I agree. Anyway, the book we're talking about is a compilation of mythologies in Middle-earth written by Tolkien before he began work on The Lord of the Rings. The successful reception of the trilogy also propelled Peter Jackson's career, thrusting him into the same visionary league as George Lucas and Steven Spielberg. Wow. But, like all media titans, The Lord of the Rings was not without its share of controversies. The second film in Jackson's trilogy... The Two Towers faced complaints concerning the title with dissenters accusing the director Mm. and studio New Line Cinema of attempting a cash grab by referencing the fallen World Trade Center towers. However, the film was obviously named after the book of the same title, which was published back in the 1950s. Yeah, that's totally stupid. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a very popular um, controversy back when The Two Towers was coming out. Then Peter Jackson say, "Oh, that's stupid. That's the name of the book." I think that's what that like, should ended it right there. New Line, they petitioned New Line to change the title, and New Line said, "No, we're naming the movies after the book. Right. This has nothing to yeah. do with 9-11. Exactly. That's dumb. Other controversies involve the races of human characters, good and evil. In the film trilogy, the human allies of the Dark Lord and his minions are referred to as Easterlings and Haradrim. Haradrim." Haradrim. Haradrim. It's pronounced Haradrim. (laughs) And clearly depict Middle Eastern physical traits through their armor. This was not isolated to the film, however, as Tolkien's books themselves refer to evil humans as bearing Eastern and Middle Eastern descriptions, whereas all the good humans are white. The film was the film by recreating Tolkien's descriptions on screen merely stirred a debate that had been around since the books originally became popular. I'm going to, um, after this episode airs, I'm going to take out that sentence where you say, all good humans are white, and just isolate that and have that as my ringtone. That sounds very... (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Ooh. That'll make you sound like a big, gigantic racist. (laughs) I feel... Someone betrayed by you. Is that not good? Like, yeah, okay. that, that hurts me. picture going to show up as it's... As it's <laughs> yeah. No, just people are going to look at it and they'll be like, what's up with his phone? Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so this doesn't affect me at all. It just would affect you. Oh, yeah, you I guess it would affect me. I would look like that. Yeah, I guess that would backfire on you. Yeah, that would it? backfire on me, but it would still be funny. It would be in your voice. I mean, if you moved somewhere in like the middle of the country... No, I mean, we're or in maybe Florida, even Alabama, Mississippi. Yeah. <laughs> we're in Florida; it would still be effective. Well, I think in Orlando, you're more—you have a more of a diverse population and demographic. Exactly, they'd be more pissed off. Yeah, yeah but, but if you were to move, but to, where I am say, now, it's fine. <laughs> I was just gonna say, just outside of Orlando, which you currently did move to, you might be fine. Yeah, it'll be okay. 
you're good where you live now, Chris. Let's yeah. just say that. When I lived in Claremont, Florida, mm-hmm. I would always, on my way to and from work, pass this high-flying Confederate flag, and every time, I like, I couldn't help but cringe inside. Yes, well, yeah. you should if you see that flag. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. Satirical comedian and host of The Late Show, Stephen Colbert, is an ardent fan of Tolkien's works. He was given the Sword of Aragorn, Arodu Anduril, by Viggo Mortensen. Bless you. By Viggo Mortensen himself on the set of The Colbert Report. Peter Jackson also gifted Colbert with Frodo's sword sting. And Elijah Wood bestowed upon him the one ring of power. See, now when I was dividing up the script, I had to give him that paragraph mm-hmm. just because we watch right. The Late Show every day. And we just watched the clip of when Elijah Wood was giving him the ring um, power. I didn't even know Sting had a sword. I can't believe that Peter Jackson could give away Sting like that. Yeah. So, like, these are the actual... Was tantric. These were the actual movie props, and... Um, How can you call Sting a prop? Well, it's in everywhere. regards to... Um, yes, the he'll always Colbert be the has. king of pain. So, like, it came out in the Colbert Report where I think Stephen was asking Viggo Mortensen, like, can you actually do this? And Vigo was saying, like, you know, a lot of people actually take things from sets, but this was actually given to me by New Line. So I don't want, and I want you to have it since you're a big fan. Wow, that's nice. He's got a little collection going on of all the authentic stuff. Both in book form and in film form, Tolkien's Lord of the Rings left an imprint on the culture around it. It laid the foundation for the fantasy genre we know today with tree-loving elves, mountain-dwelling dwarves, staff-wielding wizards, dark lords of evil, and corruptible, I'll bet, well-to-do humans. Andy Serkis as Gollum left a huge footprint on the film industry with regards to motion capture. And he kept it going. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Until Black Panther. Yes. Uh, he was great in that. No, I'm saying he's not motion capturing in Black Panther. Yes. He's actually on there. Uh, yeah, they he motion captured in... his lack of arm. <laughs> <laughs> he was good in 13 going on 3. I don't know that no, one. I don't know that. But either. his memorable <laughs> portrayal left an even larger impact on audiences, oftentimes inspiring the random uttering of, My precious. As critics throughout history have already observed, Tolkien's Lord of the Rings is everlasting. And precious. precious. Oh, that's what I should have ended with. Damn it. My precious. <laughs> Don't worry, that's they right, got you Poopy. covered. <laughs> All right, let's do the fishbowl facts. This is where we got some random extra facts in a fishbowl. We'll pick a one by Rowan and first. read them out. Your subject for us. Okay. There's one that JL should probably read, though. Well, then find it for JL. Yeah. Well, if you find it, like just give it to me. Know. You'll know when you read it. The Lord of the Rings trilogy marked a return to the Shire for Bilbo actor Ian Holm, who played Frodo in a 1981 radio dramatization of The Lord of the Rings, which was broadcast on BBC Radio 4. Nice. The that really bad Bob Weinstein guy really, really thought one of the four main hobbits should die. Quote, well, we can't have all of them surviving, he said. We've got to kill a hobbit. I don't care which one. You pick. I'm not telling you who it should be. You pick out who you want to kill, but you really got to kill one of those hobbits. In situations like that, you just nod and smile and say, well, that's something we... Or Peter Jackson said, in situations like that, you just nod and smile and say, well, that's something we can consider. 
That's yeah. what wow, all that's, the women say. That's where film studios go wrong. With like, <laughs> yeah. when they try to alter source material. Yeah. <clears throat> like Sony with Spider-Man 3. Except that Sam Raimi actually caved. Mine is about three elves. To give this one back now. No, just say that one. The three I, elven I rings, <laughs> Nenya, Narya, and Vilya, were not forged by Sauron, but by an elf lord named Celebrimbor. What was his name? Celebrimbor. <laughs> Are you pharmaceuticals now, Nicole? <laughs> Celebrimbor. That's Do not take Celebrimbor if you're allergic to Celebrimbor. <laughs> Is that not how you say it? How do you say it? It sounded great to us. That works. It just sounds like one of those commercials. You know, on that note, we should also mention that what made Lord of the Rings so successful was also that Tolkien showed took to watch. Showed so (laughs) he showed so much dedication to his work that he created his own languages for the different cultures, like elves and stuff. He created Elvish and everything, all these languages. Oh, so there's actually references that Nicole could look into for how to pronounce that name in Elvish. Do it. When the Lord of the Rings started out, it was originally going to be two movies. Later concerned about the balloon budget, executive producers Bob and Harvey Weinstein tried to persuade Jackson to condense the movie into film. That would have been bad. That, that would have been, been so bad. So far, the Weinstein brothers have made some terrible decisions. In <laughs> life, just some? In life and in the movies. Lots. Did you already read two? No, not yet. Okay. Where's your second one? The five wizards are part of a race called Maiar. Who can change forms? <gasps> They're godlike beings. They're druids. Form of giant ice pick. Druids. Form of That's gorilla. That's what they called in Warcraft. Druids oh. in Warcraft can change shapes. In Warcraft, you have mages. You have uh, conjurers as well. And I believe there are wizards in Warcraft. Like there the are actual... warlocks. There are no wizards. But there's an actual what? lore to Warcraft besides World of Warcraft, in which the kind of bastardized the whole series. Wait, wait, this is good. In the two towers, that scream. In the two towers, that scream. He, uh, Virgo Morrison let out upon kicking a helmet after discovering the burnt corpses of the orcs who abducted Merry and Pippin might have something to do with the fact that he had just broken two of his toes. You know, because um, he broke his foot. Yeah, exactly. When cooking that rock. Yes. They all have had injuries during that production of um, the oh, entire I trilogy. There's eight years um, of their life. Sean Austin, in the final scene of Fellowship of the Ring, when he was walking to the lake with Frodo, with the boat and all that, mm-hmm. he actually. You mean when he almost drowned? There was that, but but he's because he stepped on a piece of glass or something that was in there, and it like tore open his foot. Lovely. Did you know he was also told because he's a big marathoner not to run? Peter Jackson actually said to him, no running for you. You're the fat hobbit. Yeah, and he didn't recover because he appeared in Stranger Things, and he was kind of hefty. He didn't so recover. he never he lost was, the weight. But he, he was in an does. Adam Sandler movie after Lord of the Rings, and he was back to being... Was oh, back? 50 First Dates. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. yeah, he still does all that. Like, he did an Iron Man a few years ago. He still does it, but yeah. Oh, maybe he put was on the, the maybe he put on he the weight on for Stranger Things. He puts okay. on and loses, yeah. Dates, the yeah. brother, yeah. With the yeah. lisp? Yeah. Yes, with the lisp. <laughs> that was Sam Wise. Huh. That makes sense. Nicholas Cage was offered the role of Aragorn, which he turned down due to family obligations. Who? Quote, quote. Nicholas. I was waiting for Chris. That would have been awesome. <laughs> Stuart Townsend actually filmed a scene as Aragorn with Peter Jackson. Then that's when Peter Jackson decided, like, no, we need someone actually older. Maybe that's when they looked to Nicolas Cage, but eventually, as we all know, they said I'm not knowing who Stuart Townsend is. Stuart Townsend? Know. He was Charlie's Theron's uh, husband or boyfriend for a while. He was 
the one who was in the movie The Vampire Lestat or Lestat? Oh, uh, Queen of the Damned. He Queen played Queen Lestat. Oh, I never saw that. Yeah, he, uh, he followed uh, Tom Cruise's Lestat, which is actually really hard to do because uh, Tom Cruise nailed Lestat. Yeah, it's one of the few times we could say Tom Cruise did the role that he should have done. I thought he was too short or something, or he wasn't. I thought there was controversy with Tom Cruise as Lestat. I want everybody. No, Anne Rice loved him as Lestat. She thought that he captured that character the way she wrote him. I thought there was something with he didn't, he wasn't like the right fit, or he didn't look it, or something. Maybe the film studio had a controversy, but I Anne Rice know. loved I it. I could be wrong. Um, Nicole's mom loved the Lordings movies, but um, Vigo Mortensen was her favorite part of, of the Lordings. Yeah, Vigo Mortensen was was awesome in that. That's well, hard no, to... but she she like she liked Vigo Mortensen. Shocker! I think a lot of them did. A lot of the. Uh, the female leads actually did like Viggo Mortensen. Like in a lot of the documentaries you see on the extended editions and stuff, they all, whenever they talk about Viggo, their fellow cast members, they all always reference Viggo with this like wistful longing. Mm-hmm. We got and one I more fish. I think he fact. taught them um, horseback riding as well. Viggo oh, Mortensen also shows as Bloopy in a different movie. What's the last fishbowl? Which bo- movie? I forget the name of it. Oh, uh, find out. Just I like this fishbowl fact. I actually knew this fishbowl fact. Did you know this one? Yes, I did. We got one more before we this squirrel right off before again. He retired from acting. Oh, yeah? Yes. Who's that? Sean Connery. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. He read for the role of Gandalf, but admitted that I never understood it. <laughs> I read the book. I read the script. I saw the movie. I still don't understand. <laughs> I would be interested in doing something that I didn't fully understand, but not for 18 months. Do you know what movie he chose to do instead? Jeopardy. The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh, that was a bad uh, choice. Oh, and um, Stuart Townsend was in that one. Yes, he was. Right out, yeah. He was um, He was uh, Dorian Gray. Dorian Gray. Thank you. The man Stuart who cannot Townsend look upon guy. his own reflection. It's something. It was back when we were talking about Viggo Mortensen yes. being a heartthrob and talking about him. Yeah, he's he's well, very yeah, charismatic. Well, why don't we rate the beer and it might come back to I you? I thought you were about to say, why don't we rate Viggo Mortensen? Why don't we rate Viggo Mortensen <laughs> and it might come back to you? I give him a... He did a great Satan, too, a in the uh, Omen, right? Five out of six Vigos. <laughs> I think Viggo Mortensen's greatest role was in A History of Violence. That's Very where- underappreciated, did a great job, based off of a graphic novel. I think that's where he showed his bloopy. Hmm. Yep. All right. So this beer is killing me. In the best way. No, not in the best way. Why? It's a delicious porter. Um, I, th- I think if I'm going to do a porter, it's got to be flavored porter. You know how you said earlier that coffee beers are pretty good? Yeah. I can do a coffee porter, but this porter is really... It's, like kicking me in all the wrong places. I think it's the malt. It's very malty, maybe. Is it the malt I'm tasting? It for me, it's definitely a pronounced malt. It says you would Rocky get from Mountain Porter Water anyway. malted barley. Did I not say malt? Yeast. Huh? Did I not say malt? You just said it's kicking you. I said, is it the malt? Just like Sean Connery would to somebody else. And I, then you said I pronounced it as malt, like I said it malt wrong. Oh, no, no, no. I didn't mean that way. Okay. I, I wasn't correct. I wasn't correct. I was so correct. I'm going to open a new one that's no. not the same beer. No, yeah, I'm Elias. Shocker. Um, I remember what I was going to say. In case anybody didn't know, Elijah, Wor- Elijah Wood's first appearance in a major motion, motion picture was in Back to the Future 2. He was one of the two kids that was playing the video game in the 80s bar. And he's like, 
That's so lame. You have to use your hands to that game like mm. when they were playing the crapshoot game. Did you just look that up? No, I knew that one. I didn't know that one. It's an extended fishbowl fact. He has very big eyes, Lajewood. Very big blue eyes. Yeah, he's only five foot two and five feet of that are his eyes. <laughs> his eyeballs. But he is in there. You have to Google Elijah Wood Back to the Future. You know he why his eyes look like that? Because he drank lots of death before disco. I thought it was because he was supposed to play Gollum. No. <laughs> Crystal, do you like IPAs more than you like porters or vice versa? I would say I would do well, it depends. If it's a coffee porter, I've actually found those really good. Why did you rank this? I'm going with a one. One Mortensen? Really? One one Virgo Mortensen. <laughs> yeah. One Virgo Mortensen. I give Death Before Disco. So, mm. what do you think, Nicole? Because you're on the opposite page of me. I give it a six. I think it's delicious. Wow. I really like it. Do you prefer IPAs more than you prefer oh. porters or they're vice versa? They're completely different flavors. You know, they're both like darker on the beer scale, though. No. I mean, IPA is not always necessarily dark. It's just about the hoppiness. But I enjoy oh, the I taste. I guess that's a fair point, yeah. I enjoy the taste of the malts. I think it's smooth. I think the aftertaste is not like unpleasant it doesn't just sit in your nose no it lingers nicely i'm not getting any of this nose thing that you're talking about it lingers like a stalker and it's a left hand brewing company handed person there's the truth there's the truth coming out while you like the beer (laughs) so i will give it it's all about bias yeah no i liked everything else about the beer too that was coincidence okay jail bias what do you You think what yeah, it's done by a left-handed brewing company, and me being left-handed means I'm not liking this. Too dry. It's too malty. All right, for a porter, I'm expecting a little more. F- so, what kind of flavor were you looking for in the porter? I was expecting like when I like chocolate malt and everything like that. I'm hoping for chocolate hops and like uh, I'm not getting any of these dark berries that are in there. And anyway, yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good point actually. All I get is malt. I don't get chocolate. I'm just or berry. getting like a dry roasted taste. Not terrible, but it's not good either. Overall, I would probably rate it a two. Two. I think a two is a fair rating, but I don't think I could do two of these. Um, it'll take me a while. Yeah, I'm not a fan of overly malty beers and porters are. I'm more like Chris when it comes to porters. I need like a flavor, mm-hmm. like a coffee porter. I could do this. I'll have to give it a one as well. One Vigo Mortensen. All right. Well, Death Before Disco has but died. T- to be fair, one Vigo Mortensen is incredible. One is too much. So maybe I just give this one out of six instead of one Vigo Mortensen. If we're rating them by Vigo Mortensons, this is not fair. This is misleading. Yeah, I feel like deceitful. we can't rate it by Vigo Mortensen. No, that's no, wrong. Bro. That was more of a yeah. joke. So oh, one out of six. Not, one, I give it one out of six. One yeah. out of six. One I give six. it a Gimli. All right. <laughs> so low ratings all around for Death Before Disco, except for except for me. I like except it. Except for you, you like it. So you hey, get all the happens. you get all the leftover death. Yeah. my leftover. Death. Woo, There's woo. two more in the fridge with your name on it. Score. Staying alive. Staying alive. You're well, gonna get a pumpkin ale now. Oh yeah, yeah, I will. you can have the That sounds awesome. Oh, there's a full pump. She I, fought me tooth and nail for this pumpkin beer. It's barely touched. Well, because what I, I was, was drinking this malty thing for no reason. Because I finished my other beers and I figured if by the end of it I did not also finish the pumpkin, I would give it to you because I was going to be nice like that. Roasted You're and welcome. malty. Here was warm to give it to you. Yeah. See, the pumpkin ale here, it balances the malt 
with pumpkin spice notes. Quite lovingly. I'm ex- Sounding I like just this like time every year. other basic white girl out there. You know, Ross <laughs> can be found at your local Starbucks. I, he will no, sign scripts like, that you purchase off of our Patreon. I don't like as long as you buy lattes. him a nice pumpkin spice latte. You see me wearing the scarf sweet. and the beanie in Florida. PSLs are way too sweet. There's too much sugar in them. I like when it's pumpkin flavored coffee or pumpkin flavored beer, but I don't add any sweetener to my coffee, so therefore I will not be getting a PSL from Starbucks, no matter how popular it may be. I have to admit, I'm a white girl at this time of year too. I, I do like a PSO. The flavor I have of pumpkin no idea. is really good. Why does she just say PSO? What does that mean? What does that pumpkin mean? Pumpkin spice latte. <laughs> PSO. White girl. Basic white girl. PSO. PSL. PSL. Pumpkin oh. It's the new PlayStation that's coming out. No, ah. I'm not. I'm not a basic white girl though, because I don't buy them. I just know what PSL stands you for. You just abbreviated it, and well, all of us. Because said we it. said it like four times, and I'm not going to keep saying the three name item. I'm going to abbreviate it. You say it by its proper name. It's like you know, shorts shortens uh, Christopher Nolan to Chris Nolan. You say Christopher Nolan, not Chris Nolan. No, you say. You know what? I'm going to describe a right there. <laughs> You say CN. <laughs> CN's Batman. Anyway, we've got a couple of emails. If anybody would like to email us, email us at podcast42show at gmail.com. Make sure to type the numbers for two and don't write the words 42. Our first email is from Slip Slap Paddywhack. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Slip Slap Paddywhack. I hope you've left us a review on Give iTunes. Give the emailer a bone. <laughs> and this emailer asked, why doesn't Faraz have a last name? Good question. <laughs> no, Chris has already asked this question. Like when well, I came Slip back, Slip Slap Paddywhack has this question as well. Well, Chris maybe asked she, the question like a few several well, episodes maybe ago. Maybe she didn't listen and to I that episode. It, so and why I thought, don't you tell us again? I know. Oftentimes, people only listen to the episodes of the topics they're interested in. It is true. Uh, like the Degrassi uh, topic. I listen to every four episodes. <laughs> <laughs> when it's JL's, when it's JL's topic for those of you who haven't realized we each get to pick one episode uh, so why doesn't Faraz have a last name because in the original format I never had a last name and I'm not sure if we gave ourselves last names in the original format did we, we didn't yeah so I just stuck with that for traditions but sake. nobody's listening to those episodes they were horrible well I just kept I the disagree. tradition alive I think they are comedy gold <laughs> that should be listened to it's like every once in a while. It's like mm-hmm. any TV show. You never watch the first season until you are really hooked on the second, third, fourth, where it really started to pick up. That's not true. Gain, I watched Scrubs in the first season. And gain its format. And then you go back and you appreciate the first season for what it yes. was and what it was meant to be. There was many comedy nuggets in there, but you have to sit through a lot of comedy flop. Exactly. Just like a lot of... I don't know. <sighs> Pineapple anyway. pizza and wings during a gas leak is quite, it's very memorable. <laughs> What's the second email? Uh, Dining with Faraz would not be where it is if it wasn't no, for that's that. No, true. Oh, we, have to, we have to do another one of those. We we're, are. we're due for a pizza episode. We are. We should do that next week with that my was, sister. That was the second one. We're busy. Oh, the week after when my sister's here is what I meant. Yeah. Anyway, John the Brown Dogger. Whoever that, whatever that means. Brown dogger. Says, have brown you dog- heard the Am new- I a brown dogger? Stop. Keep going. Don't listen to him. <laughs> have you heard the news about Dan Schneider? Uh, Schinder? Schinder. Schneider. 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 Schneider is how it's spelled. They meant Schneider. 
He was let go by Nickelodeon and was accused of having a foot fetish with the child actors. It's really a shame. I've not heard this. I don't remember. Yeah, what I haven't show heard of Rod Schneider in forever. I did hear no. about the foot fetish. I heard about it too. It is a shame. It's the guy who did all the Nickelodeon shows, all the big ones. Yes, and like they're Carly, all... Drake and Josh. Uh, we Rob, talked about him. Hold on. Isn't Rob Schneider just Adam Sandler's it's sidekick? Dan not Rob. Schneider. It's Dan Schneider. He's the more talented Schneider. Uh, if you've ever seen the movie Better Off Dead, you'll understand why he's the more talented Schneider. Yes. He and he was half in, of his face off there. He was in no, Head of the... Mother. Or uh, was it Head of the Class? Was that the name of that show? Maybe. With Rain Pryor and all of them? I think it was. Yeah, he was in that too. But I saw I saw a video piece on it, and they clipped together all the different times that these Nickelodeon kids show their feet on his TV shows, and it's a what? heck of a lot of times. Weird. Yeah, so that's to be fair. And they were also talking about how inappropriate some of the jokes were, and he would have them come to his office to talk about the jokes and beforehand or whatever. Yeah, foot fetishes are kind of weird in general. I think. I, I think understand so. Them. I don't understand them. I mean, to each his own. Yeah. But I don't think they're the most attractive part of the body. I think there's way other better pieces of the body than the feet. Now, again, my feet are a veiny Hobby. beauty right Hobby. there. <laughs> Harry and Harry stubby and Hobby. veiny. <laughs> veiny beauty. Interesting. Look at, the, look at those masterpieces right in front of you, Chris. I don't want to oh, look. Oh, boy. Stop. Playing footsies with me. You're wearing socks. It's making it very hard. I'm always wearing socks. Wow. Is your bloopy hard? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, like we were talking about before, if you go to iTunes to listen to us, please review us. Um, give us five stars. We'd appreciate it. But an honest review is a better review than nothing. So just drop us a word. If you listen to this episode, you could shout out to it. You can also find us on Facebook at the official Podcast 42 Show group page. It will ask you to request to join. It will ask you how you heard about us. And we honestly just add everybody. We post a lot of memes and funny stuff. And we'd really appreciate it if you joined our Facebook page. You can listen to us anywhere that you find podcasts, specifically Spreaker. But like we said, if you listen to us on iTunes, just make sure to drop us a review. We'd appreciate it. You know, you could have taken a breath to have to just. I know, but isn't it impressive that I didn't have to? That was impressive. Thank you. And if you want to, re- if you want to request an episode on Dune yeah. currencies and how they affect the Indonesian culture, why are you pluralizing currencies? The main currency in Dune is spice. <laughs> it's spice. Then you George can, Lucas paid tribute to it's it. With Han PSL. Solo. Okay, the main currency <laughs> is PSL. PSL. Then you can hit us up in our email. No, but really though, Han Solo is trafficking have, spice. If you do have any, it's an homage to. Dune spice. If you do have any suggestions for what you would like to hear us talk about in in relation to pop culture, a person, a TV show, a movie series, anything like that, let us know because you know maybe one day we just don't know what we want to talk about and we'd like to do something that you would like to hear about. Of course. Viewer's choice episode. <gasps> I'm all for it. I'm posting now. And we slime you. They did do a poll that they wanted a pizza episode after the fried chicken episode. Yes, yeah, so I'm kind of waiting until we figure out Facebook Live. Oh, we have to eat pizza while people watch us? Yes. So they can see the pizza. I don't like eating in front oh, of people. Oh, certain yeah, I don't <laughs> yeah, I don't want to eat in front of people. Well, just we can figure it out. This will ruin the ratings a lot. Yeah, look at this crappy pizza. Look how it looks. Oh, but it tastes so good. <laughs> What's that one? Tostitos. 
All right, well, we'll talk about it. What if we get, like, cheese all over? What if there's, like, I don't know. It just seems graceless. As long as your feet are covered, we'll be fine. I never cover my feet. We have the windows open. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that about wraps it up. Who are you guys? You first. Me? I'm Christopher DeVos. I'm Nicole Fassone. Oh, me? Yes, you. I'm Samwise. If he's Samwise, what does that make me? That makes you uh, Gollum. No. No. I think I could pull off legal. No, Elrond. Lord Elrond. There you go. Yes. Hey. Hey. You're the Fonz. (laughs) Samwise is the true hero of Lord of the Rings. He is. You're the fifth uh, hobbit. The Fonz. No, I just said Lord Elrond of Rivendell. Okay. Say your tagline. Fare thee well. Bye. Bye. (laughs) It is an Elrond thing to say. (laughs) <laughs> El- Elron Hubbard. This is a very different sci-fi author, and I'm not a fan. Not have the laws of robotics. That's true. Really? I thought As- Asimov created the laws of robotics. That's actually true. That is actually. True. Which one is true? <laughs> Asimov. <laughs> you are no longer listening to Podcast Forty Two. Some of the stuff you just heard might have been embellished, made up, or just plain incorrect. In other words, don't use this show to write a book report with. You will get a bad grade, just like all the hosts. But I'm not done yet! JL's Beer Cooler is written and performed by Cremo. Cremo is an award-winning actor and musician. For all things Cremo, including more great music, visit Cremo.com. That's spelled C-R-A-Y-M-O. He is on Twitter at Cremo, Facebook just search Cremo Music, and also on YouTube under, you guessed it, Cremo.